0: Welcome to Building Safe Workplaces, casual talk about serious matters. I'm here with Joanne Meyer. Joanne, would you, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about uh, your history.
1: Sure, Tommy, first of all, thanks for having me here. Uh, I've been looking forward to this because um, I think safety is incredibly important. And I grew up in the oil and gas industry, started right after school, graduated. I'm a petroleum engineer by degree. Uh, But uh, one one summer I interned actually as a roustabout, so steel-toed boots, hard hat, and the whole thing. And so I gained an appreciation pretty early for how important safety is. Uh, So I'm very happy to be here. I spent almost 30 years with upstream oil and gas companies, started with mobile, uh, did the field engineering work, and uh, uh, then I like to say that someone in their great wisdom decided that... Um, A little blonde headed engineer uh, with only three years of experience should be a production foreman. So I went over and did that for a couple of years and that was invaluable to me. As a result of that, I did the normal rotations as an engineer, but I spent over half of my career in management operations and that's that's where my real love is. Um, I ended up um, uh, with a company in California, did all of my work uh, domestically uh, in the upstream oil and gas industry. Uh, ended up in California, spent three, 13 years there, and then finished uh, with the uh, oil and gas companies with a couple of years with Exxon Mobil back in uh, in here in Houston.
0: Excellent. So that's interesting. So from from your perspective in the industry, you're not coming from hey, I I went to school, I, I I did all of this this educational training, and I, I started as a safety director. You actually came up through the ranks, if you will, you, you were actually aroused about, it. you did all this stuff. So you've seen both sides of the safety. You've seen, you've had to live it from a, a, a worker's standpoint. And also you've had to implement it from a manager's yeah, standpoint.
1: That, I, I had never thought about it exactly like that, but you're right. And, um, uh, so, and like I said, I, I had a real affinity, not so much as much on the engineering side as I did, uh, for the folks in the field and, um, you know, it, it, very quickly, I, I think particularly being in management, uh, I, you know, I, the, my worst nightmare would have, would have ever been to, you know, to hear that someone, I would get that call at night, that someone had been seriously hurt. Never had that, although we did have people that got hurt. And so, you know, one of the big challenges to me always was How do I, every morning, look at these guys who are coming out and going to the field to work in high-risk situations? There's hazards, you know, high temperatures, high pressures, driving for that matter. Um, But they've been hearing these safety messages day in and day out for decades. How do you really kind of engage with them so it still stays top of mind and and they're vigilant?
0: That's that's excellent, and that actually leads us into our topic. So, what I wanted to talk about a little bit today was just in, in your experience as as a supervisor, as someone who is in management and in safety, what what can leaders do? What what can supervisors? What can uh, foremans, What can managers? How can they impact safety enough? So, in your career, have you seen anyone that that was was next level. Someone who stood out, and you go, "Oh wow, this person really gets it. I totally understand it, and I see how everyone is buying into this guy." Has that ever happened?
1: Absolutely. Um, it, it's interesting. I've uh, um, I've actually taken some of the, the 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 training, the leadership training that is offered mm-hmm. by Houston Area Safety Council, and one of the first questions in the first class I took, which was insightful leadership, the question was. Write down someone that was a great leader, who you consider to be a great leader. Interestingly enough, that person that I consider to be the best boss or manager I ever had was also uh, known for his, his great leadership around safety. I worked under him for just a short period of time, but he remained at the company that I worked at in California for uh, a decade. And I was flying back. Um, to California, had some business, and then flew out of Bakersfield, which is where the company was, uh, was headquartered, and I sat, this was three or four years after I'd left the company, and I sat down next to a young man, and we started up a conversation, and uh, he said, well, what did you do when you were here? And I said, well, I worked for Era Energy, and he said, "Era, uh, huh? isn't that the one with the CEO who actually comes out to the field? and has a conversation with the guys that are working, I said, I believe that probably would be Gordy. So, I mean, you know, and the most, the simplest is he established um, a name for himself, not just within his company, but throughout the region for the fact that he wanted to know firsthand, didn't want to see the PowerPoint slides, didn't want to hear the safety report, wanted to see those too, but he wanted to hear directly from people and the questions he would stop he'd go out for a meeting or something stop his car get out have his safe his PPE go over talk to a a welder you know ask if he could you know come up and have a conversation and he asked things like do you feel safe and when you're doing this what what keeps it from being safe if it's not i mean he just had a one-on-one conversation so I guess as a simplest answer is you talk about walking the talk, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that was something he was very good at.
0: Yeah. And I think I think that's that's very important and, and we preach it a lot, but I think a lot of us come up short in that area. When we say management involvement, right? We say, Oh, get get involved with your with your your staff and, and your employees, but we know to say that, but sometimes we're just so bogged down with emails and meetings and things like that, that we lose sight of if we really want to do some sort of change or really want to have an impact. The impact starts from the ground up. You know, you have to have the foundation before you can actually build anything on top of it.
1: Um, and I think that's I think that's right. And it is hard. You know, one of the things we do talk about in the, the, the leadership training classes um, that, that you guys have here at Houston Area Safety Council is it's hard to be a good leader. Right, because right. It, because there's only 24 hours in a day and hopefully a lot fewer than that in your work day, your work shift. Um, but finding the time and making the space uh, to do those things, it is very tough.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so so in your own experiences, though, as as you've led teams in the past, what's what's the thing that keeps you up at night what is the thing that you know you think you lay in bed and you're thinking man i if this happens what am i going to do you know you because because you try to prepare yourself for every situation what's the one situation you absolutely dread
1: yeah well i i mean like i said it it would be that phone call and i did get a couple of phone calls and um you know, that, that it's just, you know, it, it's gut-wrenching. You, you, you know these people and, and the, the thought of somebody getting hurt. Um, you know, but if I back up a little bit and try to say, um, what can I do, you know, keeps me up thinking about what could I do to try to continue to minimize the probability that that's going to happen. So I mentioned the fact that it's trying to get a fresh message, get people to keep that top of mind. The other one that um, I, I thought about, that, that I, I thought about quite a bit, was to try to get this message across and help people understand uh, the risk, and the risk that they were assuming. And I'll tell you, I worked obviously with some extremely talented people. And you know, many times when, as we all know, it's it's in that emergency situation or that that urgent, maybe it's not an emergency, but it's an urgent situation, and you have very experienced people who say, oh, I know how to solve that, right? So um, they take some action quickly that's not part of, uh, you know, their normal routine work, but they're having to react quickly, and a lot of times that doesn't have a great ending. Um, And so the other thing I, I really try to think about is, How do I get um, these folks to think about just some little switch that goes off that says, I am taking incremental risk here that I don't normally do. That means stop for a minute or more than a minute or have a phone call or call somebody, but just to recognize when that risk had increased beyond what they should be dealing with.
0: Right. And I think, I think that's important because as as human beings, we all have risk tolerance, right? Getting into our car, you mentioned earlier, getting in your car and driving work. That's some of the most dangerous things we do. I mean, getting in your car and actually coming to work, you're taking a risk. But it's a calculated risk that you you have determined internally that that's, it's worth taking because I'm going to work. But when you're in the field and you see things like that, you have you have to recognize that hey this is a big risk that I'm taking. And, and a lot of times a lot of people their risk awareness or their risk tolerances vary. And you got some people out there that, you know, they know everything, right? Yeah. They, they they know everything. They're 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 top of the line. Any situation comes up, they know how to solve it. It may not be by the rules, but they know how to solve it. So how do you how do you get those guys on board? How do you get those guys who hey uh, I have the, 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 the cliche, I'm 10 foot tall and bulletproof. How do you get those guys to really stop and take a look at that risk and say, hey, wait, this isn't right, how do I get past this?
1: So that's a good, very good question and it is tough. And the, I think the simplest answer is you don't have one message that's going to resonate with everyone. I think it is really, and as a leader, as a supervisor, there's a, it's important to understand the motivations behind the fact that all of us have different perspectives. And if you can begin to understand a little more about the person, uh, that helps you um, uh, tailor the message uh, to have the, the best chance of actually um, Getting their attention, if you will. So, and that's another thing. It, the you know, uh, there's the some the training that is part of insightful leadership is, is talking a little bit about some temperament types. Not that everybody's the same and ever, but there are people. Science will show this that um, that you connect with them by offering different um, uh, criteria. You, so, for example, there are some people. And you really want to appeal to, um, they're going to be most motivated by data, right? If you can show them the data, that resonates with them. And, and so you, that's why safety programs typically have a lot, many facets. And so you want to be sure you do have some data to help them understand. But there are other people that they look at data and maybe their eyes glaze over a little bit because that's not as meaningful to them. But what's meaningful to them is their values and their beliefs. And so you want to have a kind of a different conversation if you can with them, particularly if they're struggling to get on board with, with staying safe. So understanding, and, and it's not too hard when we can't understand people perfectly, but it's not too difficult to understand that people have different motivations and think about how to tailor your message to try to make a connection and, and, and get through to them.
0: So it's not one size fits all, right?
1: I don't think it is. I don't think it's one size fits all.
0: Yeah. So I think that's 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 very interesting because like I said, you, you made a good point that the the interaction with people can be differently. What what works for one is it works for May not work for another person, and you see that in training, right? You see that because you all the time in, in in every training class you go into. If you're if you're an instructor or you're a trainer, you see that there's different types of students in the classrooms. There's students who really engage. There's students who are sitting back with their arms crossed. They have to be there. They don't really want to be there, and it's a challenge for everything to try to engage those people.
1: And you know, and I the the some of the best uh, safety programs that I've seen, you know, they they are robust in that they aren't just one-dimensional, right? Most good safety programs, they do have a mix, right? They've got data. They're trying to analyze where their risk is highest and the behaviors and, and providing that data so people, we can all learn from that. They also, you know, many programs, it was very popular a few years back, um, to on their, your ID tags that you might have to wear, you know. You would put a picture of your family, and you'd say, "This is why I work safely, right?" Mm-hmm. And so, because different people are motivated um, differently, there's a, uh, you know, some people are very big on a "with them," right? You know, a "with." What's them, in it for what's me? What's in it for me, right? <laughs> and so, you know, your family. Keeping that in mind, we want everybody to go home safe every day. That was, um, and and I I hate to think that we ever have to get to this point, but the reality is is as managers, supervisors, leaders, and companies, we have a responsibility to do everything we can to keep our people safe. And so I know some of the most difficult conversations I ever had was trying to help someone who was 10 foot tall and bulletproof, for them to understand that the message I was going to deliver to them is, even if they didn't ever think they were going to get hurt, they did not have the authority to assume that risk. Just get down. It's you know, it's it's not that uh, you know you have authorities for everything, right? There's mm-hmm. certain things you can sign for and certain limits and follow-up policies and procedures. But sometimes trying to get that notion apart uh, across that you need to understand, you are taking a risk that you don't have the authority to assume. Right. If it's outside the policies and procedures. And like I said, you hate to think about getting to that point, but there are people that are very, very influenced by hierarchy, by uh, organizational authority and power. And so if that's the message, hey, I'll, I'll have those conversations.
0: Right. So it has to be, uh, a good safety program has to be very well-rounded. It has to include all of those aspects, right, to, to reach everyone. I think